0: Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, Season 6, Episode 7. Today is Thursday, February the 10th. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of Project Voice. We've got a great panel today and some interesting stories I'm I'm really uh, intrigued to dive into um, related to to big tech and um, trust. It will be a major theme. Um, And then we'll talk about the Super Bowl uh, briefly, hopefully, as my Tennessee Titans um, failed me and are not participating. Um, But it would be a real short show if we focused on that. Let's take a look at the panel, uh, and we're thrilled to have um, some great guests on. Jen, I'm going to start with you. Take a minute, share with us who you are, what you do, a little bit about Vixen Labs. Uh, Tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Thanks so much for having me on Uh, really excited to chat everyone today and privacy is always a pretty tasty topic to get into so excited for the debate we'll no doubt have later on. Um, So my name is Jen Heap. Um, I'm the CCO and co-founder of Vixen Labs. Uh, Vixen Labs is um, Europe's uh, leading full service voice agency um, we work with Fortune and FTSE 500 companies all around the world, uh, not only in Europe, um, and we predominantly cover the five the five key areas that you would expect uh, with a full service agency. Um, so, um, strategy search, voice search, which is always an interesting subject uh, to chat about. Apps, uh, so what you'd imagine, so when we're actually building for the platforms. uh, Marketing. Uh, because, uh, Bradley, as you often say, you know, you need to make sure people know (laughs) what you build is out there. The discoverability is always a tricky subject. Um, And also wider content as well. Uh, We reach out into the the wider audio space, uh, especially around uh, podcast strategy and things like that, because they're very often linked. Um, A little bit of a background from me. I actually come from um, sort of traditional digital advertising and marketing. Uh, My background actually is uh, within creative uh, as a writer. And then I transitioned across to a creative technologist and a million other sort of silly innovation role titles (laughs) that exist out there in agency land. Um, Before I actually started working a lot within voice, I discovered that it was the perfect thing. And I actually just wanted to keep doing it forever. Very fortunately, met my co-founder at about that time, and we created Vixen Labs about three and a half years ago now, even though it feels like a lot longer. Um, We're now about 25 people strong, and we have a team in the UK. We've recently opened a Berlin office, which is hot news. Um, And um, also, we have a team out um, in the US as well on both coasts. That's everything from me.
0: Thank you for being part of the show. Great to have you.
1: Absolute pleasure.
0: Our next guest is Tom. And Tom, you're going to have to pronounce your last name for me from Verbet. Tom Livne. Um, yeah. Li- Livne. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Take a minute. Tell us uh, Tell us all about you. Y- y'all are uh, doing a lot of fascinating work. Uh, tell us all about you and Verbet.
2: Sure. So, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, I'm the CEO and founder of Verbit. We started Verbit only five years ago. Um, we raised more than half a billion dollar up to date, uh, and uh, the last valuation is, is a two billion dollar. We have more than uh, 530 employees today at the company, growing very, very fast, and we are the world's largest uh, AI-powered conscription platform on, on earth. Uh, we are focusing today on uh, four main vertical: the education, the legal, media and entertainment, and, and Disney is one of our biggest customers. And uh, uh, because we have we have uh, John with us today, so I'm, I'm mentioning that. And uh, uh, and also in the, in the enterprise space, and you know, we're growing nicely and uh, enjoying every moment of it. And uh, you know, the reason why I started Verbit on the first place, my background, so I'm a lawyer, no one is perfect, right? Uh, so, uh, but I remember as a lawyer, how much time and how much money we're spending on uh, the transcript of the legal depositions, right? And we were changing the vendor that we work with every um, a few months. And I found myself sitting down and doing the editing job myself. So it was really, really frustrated customer. And I said, have to be a better way and this is why I decided to, to start Verbit and, uh, you know, growing very fast uh, since then.
0: Thank you very much for taking the time to be part of the show. Yeah, it's been fun to see Verbit's growth and appreciate you joining us. Our third guest is uh, John Campbell. John, say hello. Hi, everyone. So, John, y'all have got a lot of interesting stuff going on as well. Take a minute, tell us who you are and tell us everything about what y'all do.
3: Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, my name is John Campbell. Um, I'm the managing director and co-founder at Rabbit and Pork, which is a slightly strange name for an agency, um, but there's a kind of a story there. It's um, Cockney rhyming slang, so uh, for talk. So, and it, it's very difficult to find a name for a company nowadays. It's not already been taken. Um, so that's how we, we found that, that name, Rabbit and Pork. Um, um, similar to, to Jen, we're a voice agency. Uh, we're based in London. Uh, We're part of um, the TP group. So the TP group has around about uh, 75 employees and there's three companies within the group. We've got uh, an SEO and and paid search marketing agency. We've got a web dev agency and then Rabbit and Pork was the third agency concentrating on anything to do with uh, voice experience. So specifically we focus on uh, voice strategy, building apps and voice search And, and search is my background. I was Doing SEO for 10, 12 years before I came across um, uh, voice technology, uh, and then uh, we're also doing one or two other special projects, which is kind of outside the big platforms. Um, but yeah, great to be here today and, and really looking forward to the, the topics that we're discussing.
0: Thank you for being here. Thanks for joining us. And uh, yes, we have two agencies uh, on the show, uh, but look, it's a collegial um, cooperative voice environment. Am I right? Don't answer that. Okay, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and uh, get into the news. And um, and so I'm really intrigued by um, <laughs> some of this stuff that's in the news. And I'm gonna take a moment and I'm gonna read the headlines of these two stories. And then we're gonna go. You know, we'll rotate the order as we go through. Um, for this, uh, I'm gonna go in the reverse order of the introductions, and then we'll rotate uh, as we go along. Story number 1A from Android Police, Google, a big fan of safety, expands assistant guest mode to nine other languages. So I, I like that um, this is probably the only publication that would uh, describe Google as a big fan of safety, uh, but that is in the headline. And then story 1B, Apple says, uh, and this is from The Verge, Apple says a, quote, small portion Close quote of iPhones recorded interactions with Siri, even if you opted out. So, (laughs) um, you know, I think there's a story somewhere in here. Um, You know, one of the things we focus on on this show is, and we talked about it a bunch in this season, is um, this kind of shift, um, you know, amidst the pandemic we kind of put privacy and security on the shelf a little bit. Uh, We moved a little, you know, further down Maslow's hierarchy of needs. um, And we were just all trying to survive. Now um, we're hearing more of these type of stories where we're focused on, you know, where privacy is coming back into the fore. And John, I want to start with you. you. Your takeaway from, either of these stories and uh do you think that um you know your your thoughts on whether the public trusts big tech at this point enough to continue to move voice and AI forward yeah um
3: so reading this story it it was it was related to this I think it was specifically um, safer internet day and it seemed like Google were kind of just scratching it going what can we talk about and they've basically talked about oh there's this mode that you can use for, for kind of almost inc- incognito via voice um, even though it was released a while ago and even now it says you know this new feature to nine new languages will come in a few months. Um, Privacy is just always the kind of the top um, problem or area that people are concerned about. We did a recent survey it's coming out next month. Number one thing, privacy. Why would you not adopt it? Privacy concerns. Um, my view on this has always been, the worry is, is that these things, especially with the Apple thing, they're probably happening and we don't know about them. And it's only when, um, you know, it's leaked via an employee or somebody gets wind of this information that the the companies have to kind of talk about it. Um, and so it's always kind of worrying, and it's almost etching it away at the the public's kind of trust of these big corporations and companies the, on the other hand when you then ask you ask somebody in the street or you ask in a survey about this people will say yeah privacy is a concern when you get down to it are they actually doing anything about it and generally you'll find that people will say i get greater value out of this product and so therefore i'm willing to kind of give up a bit of that privacy and and those and those things and it was interesting you mentioned about the whole COVID thing, you know, here in the UK and in most countries, they passed loads and loads of laws not related to, to voice tech, but just so like they could, you know, go without planning permission to put up temporary structures for testing centers and stuff like that. And there is a little bit of that now, which people are now saying, you know, we need to take a check on some of those rules that were put into place regarding apps and, and other technology and, and rein it in a little bit. And um, my worry is that over the next year, we're going to see four or five more of these stories. It's just going to keep on etching away at the trust that people have.
0: Yeah, no, that's, uh, uh, that's well said. And, and Tom, I want to turn to you. Um, you know, it's not my perception of, of Verbit that you're particularly aligned with one big tech company over another, uh, that you're kind of agnostic. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm interested to get your thoughts on. Either it, whatever might have stood out from one or both of these stories, and then just your, your general commentary on where we are um, as a society, as a voice in AI sector, trusting big tech.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I guess it's uh, it's a very good question, and you know, I can share you know a personal story that happened literally uh, a few days ago, and I guess it's happening to each one of us. That you know, I was talking with a friend. On something, And then literally a few uh, hours later, I started to see some ads on Facebook or Instagram regarding, uh, you know, exactly what I just uh, spoke about suddenly. So, you know, I, I uh, you know, I do believe that, uh, you know, as we spoke about the privacy, you know, although all the the big tech trying to, to kind of uh, show how much they care about it, etc. But eventually, uh, at least for, for Facebook, all their business model is built um you know on this information right so if they want to monetize it so there's always the, the trade-off between you know like the the privacy and, and then the offering that they give you right so you know uh um so, so personally you know I, I still have hard time you know i don't want to generalize you know around the big tech but there are a few of those names that uh you know, as, as the example I mentioned, that it's, it's making me hard time to, to trust them on those issues. But, uh, you know, eventually there are people that would like it, right? That if you're talking about something, hey, what you just discussed, you know, they, they're kind of giving it to you uh, more accessible and, and making your life easier. So, you know, it really depend on the person you, you are. Uh but yeah, it's, it's it's concerning, right? And I know that all the big tech are investing um, you know gigantic amount of, of money into their speech capabilities and, and voice AI. And you know, I, I wonder, you know, and, and, and when let's say, you know, when let's call it the 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 unstructured data on the unsupervised learning would be able to to teach itself and to improve the accuracy of, of the voice AI, then we're in a big problem because like who has the most amount of data today? It's YouTube and Google. And once they, they could learn itself with the, the unsupervised learning, then we, we can be in trouble, I would say.
0: You know uh, Tom, it's my um, thought that, um, well, look, if you go back four or five years ago to when Alexa was starting to come on the scene, you know, 2016 heavily and then into 2017. You know, the thought process that, you know, we launched this show in in 2017 um, and a lot of the conversations in season one and two of the show and independent of the show that were happening elsewhere were that if there was something worth doing in the voice and AI space, um, Amazon and Google, uh, Amazon and then later Google and also probably Apple and maybe, you know, Samsung or Microsoft would just do it themselves. And so um, it affected everything. It affected investment coming into the voice and AI space, because why would we invest in these startups when any startup doing anything, showing any amount of traction, Amazon's just going to swoop in and say, just give me that and I'll just copy that and just run you out of business. And it's fascinating to see five, six years later, that it's the total diametrically opposed opposite that is becoming true where a company like Verbit, which, uh, you know, provides a lot of of value, you know, value-added services to a lot of different companies, um, Amazon and Google and big tech has almost kind of learned, look, we're better off yielding, you know, seeding ground. To these uh, upstart players and just working with them, because if we do anything else, the trust uh, you know that people have in us is just going to continue to decline, and we'll end up in front of Congress. So um, you know, I think that a company like Verbit has benefited massively from uh, distrust in big tech. I, I'm just interested here if you agree with that.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so my view, uh, it, it's, it's a great, great comment. Like my view that all, all those big techs. Right, So if you look at their, their strategy, they are playing like the horizontal and the platform play, right? While we at Verbit, we are more on the, the, ver- the application and the vertical specific, right? So and if you look at the, the revenue uh, from all those tech giants and one they emphasize is how fast the, the cloud uh, revenue is growing, right? Like in, in, you know, Amazon is like $70 billion revenue for, for the cloud and gro- still growing 40 plus percent year over year, right so what they care about that you will use eventually their their cloud and and yeah if they have like this generic uh, voice ai so and and like they they, they want to stay the horizontal platform and not really go into the vertical specific although you saw the big acquisition around voice of microsoft and nuance uh, last year so the and they're going more to the healthcare so it's it's quite interesting to see the the dynamic there, but I still think that yeah, that like the the, the tech giants really understand that their strength and the way to to aggregate the revenue is, is to focus on the platform and the horizontal play, and give like companies like Verbi to go more into the vertical application and to really be uh, excellent and expert in those applications.
0: Yeah, com- complete agreement. Um... Jen, I want to turn to you. I want to ask you the same thing. You know what, uh, in particular, uh, might have stood out from one story or another, and just with what y'all do at Vixen, um, you know how you um, talk to clients about uh, work. You know, having uh, their voice experiences in big tech, or just how you interpret um, and, and parse this this sort of information.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think actually talking about how we. Uh, And I definitely will come back to that point on actually how we talk to clients about how they feel about their interaction with big tech by being part of the voice ecosystem is really, really crucial here. So on the subject of privacy, I kind of end up having two contending conversations happening in my head at the same time. One of them um, kind of uh, really correlates with John in terms of the the platforms need to work on building trust. And to that end, I do applaud Google to at least try and at least make an announcement, at least be uh, clear in actually how easy and if it is truly as easy as uh, that sort of statement um, in in the article said, how actually it is actually very easy to do guest mode. And also, I really enjoy the... um, um, actually having the different languages available and opening up um, sort of that diversity as well, because also we need to make sure that be the, the ease and facility of these settings and things like that, and not only um, English only as well, that's an important thing to, to point out there. And I do think that was not something that was particularly highlighted in the article, but I think is also very important. Um, Google have always positioned Assistant as um sort of the, the, the more the partner you can trust in the same way that Apple tries to do that from a sort of uh, iPhone and iOS ios standpoint interesting they've taken that hit now uh, that would hurt really hurt them and really hurt them in that kind of marketing rhetoric and that um sort of marketing positioning that they're trying to have uh it depends how much of the fuss gets kicked up from it sometimes these stories come out and they die down sometimes they don't and you know like that whole thing with uh alexa rec- rec- you know doing those sort of peculiar recordings and then more people sent in their recordings and the whole thing gathered pace so we'll see whether or not it really picks up acceleration um but yeah i think you know building trust is a real issue and i'm not sure whether the platforms really take it seriously enough in terms of actually proactively getting out there and trying to talk about it you know talking about it isn't going to make it worse it will make it better we can't just keep sort of avoiding this kind of boogeyman in the corner um and i think actually especially amazon i mean they they i I may have missed the memo, but they don't really talk about it. Google sometimes do, but definitely not Amazon if we're talking about at least those two primary platforms there. Um, also, you know, we have conversations, I can't name any names, but with brand, big big brands who are really concerned about interacting with big tech. On these platforms and actually their privacy the privacy of their data um, and even in instances where i can explain that actually it will not be accessible to for example amazon there is a real reticent and actually i know for a fact there are certain brands who actually either limit what they are putting up like in terms of build wise on the platforms or Are not going there at all and will only do it almost when they're forced to where there's such consumer demand that they they can't wait any longer and that is a real crying shame because these are exactly the type of organizations and companies that we want to be able to be playing around with with you know through voice the other bit of my brain is i occasionally get a little bit frustrated where the privacy concerns only come up with voice because the the horse bolted you know years ago in terms of our privacy and um and our, our sort of digital security and safety and it is incredibly important I'm actually not belittling it I'm saying it should be something that should only be kicked up a fuss when it is around voice. And I'm not saying voice is the only time you get headlines, but definitely people get seem to get more freaked out and the whole like AI is gonna come and get us all type headlines and the tabloids definitely seem to come out at that point when it's around voice rather than you should be concerned just using a search engine <laughs> depending on which one you're using. So uh, yeah, so I kind of, I, I do think they should be doing more. I think we should be doing more for our digital safety and security and our data full stop. Um, but then there's, you know, whenever we do try and put things in, imagine, you know, the fuss that happened when we tried to put GDPR in place and everyone hates it, even though it's meant to be helping us. So, yeah, there's a, there's a convenience factor. And ultimately, people will want what will, in an ideal sense, have a lot of concerns. But in reality, we'll just want what is often easiest to them in the reality of the moment.
0: Well, that's great. And uh, just great commentary all the way around on that. I um you know it is interesting just to note that um again looking back in time you know when alexa came on the scene um and then google assistant following it you know you would see um you know alexa was first stop in the train to 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 voiceland you know and and you would you would do an alexa skill you big brands mid-sized brands um, would, would do an Alexa skill a lot of times through an agency uh, like a Vixen Labs or a Rabbit and Pork. And, um, and then they would use that as a learning. They would use that with the full intention of building on top of it and um, evolving it and learning and, and investing further. Now it's just really splintered. Um, and uh, you see some people avoiding it altogether. Um, you see some people who will still take some carve out some of, little piece of functionality and where there's no data at risk and use that to experiment and then they'll figure out what else they want to do. Um, but uh, it's definitely a different landscape before we move on to the mm. second story, though, I got to have an Apple heat check here. And I want to ask uh, both of you, John and, and Jen, and just give me a, um, <clears throat> a brief answer. And John, I'm gonna start with you. Does it do any of your clients care about involvement with Siri?
3: No, not. I mean, a little bit of it is, is also because you know when we go to have a conversation, I will lead the conversation into the things that I know that we can you know work with them on. So we can't build anything with 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 Siri as such as at this moment in time. So there's no real like opportunity for for me as 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 app development side of things, but we will always cover it as part of kind of voice strategy because you know a lot of people are using Siri and that's maybe their gateway entry into voice search or into interaction. It it did actually strangely come up today, which was somebody was looking in uh, voice search while they were on um, the golf course and how how could they use you know a voice search to answer a question and then you kind of said. Oh, there's lots we can do with Alexa and Google and, and voice search, and there's this one thing that you can do with Siri, but generally, it's no, it's it's not a huge uh, consideration at this moment in time.
0: Jen, same question for you. Anybody care about Siri? <laughs>
1: um, pops up occasionally. In terms of proactively asking, not. People often go, so Siri is, is that a thing? That's usually at, at the at the extent of the conversation that is had. It's definitely an interesting point from a search point of view. Like that—that's definitely a, a, a hot area, and especially if you're working with a client where um, you are specifically looking at search, you really can't ignore Siri um, there at all. I think where we do talk about Siri is actually when we uh, we really try and approach things. Um, and actually, this is interesting when you, as part of the privacy debate as well, actually, is and I'm really excited about this voice is not just about the two platforms. You know, it's not just about Google and Amazon anymore. It's um, it's the whole incredible diversity as companies like Vervit. It's like it's it's a huge constellation where you are using your voice to interact with and gain information and um, operate elements and entities, whether that be content or whether that's, you know, like IOT and beyond. Um, so really, I think there's a shift as well. Um, so Brad, exactly to your point of before it'd be like, oh we pop, you know, a, a test and a trial on one of the platforms, see what happened, and, you know, like a test and learn, taking a massive, massive step back. And actually, and that's something we try and really encourage and actually look at voice as a constellation, it's a modality, it isn't a platform. So I think Siri's still in the running, but I am, Uh, come on, Apple, give me, give me something to work with here. Well, you both are rather, come on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you both are rather magnanimous. Thank you for telling me the answer is no. That's our Apple heat check uh, for this week. We'll check back uh, again uh, soon, uh, maybe. Um, So we're going to move, we're going to move on to story number two here. Um, And, uh, and Tom, I'm going to start with you uh, for this one. This is from VentureBeat. I'm gonna read the headline. This is a report, 62% of organizations use voice technology to increase revenue. And this is um, uh, this is the joint uh, product of uh, friends of ours, two friends of ours, Deepgram and Opus Research. Um, and I'm just gonna read the first sentence as well. According to a new report by Deepgram and Opus Research, 77% of companies are using voice technology to identify new business opportunities and sixty-two percent are using it to increase revenues. So there's there's a lot in here, and it's really interesting. I just uh, want to get your thoughts. Uh, what you what do you think?
2: Look, so uh, um, it's it's really interesting uh, observation because eventually, look, voice is everywhere, right? Think about our conversation right now. A lot of verbal information being exchanged, right? And if you can um, somehow can generate value or actionable insight or make it accessible, right? So you can really uh, bring value uh, either to your organization or to potential customer, et cetera. So, um, you know, we, we, we have a very bit different approach, right? Because we are focusing on, on professional transcription that it's more driven by regulatory requirement, right? If it's like the FCC for the media or the ADA in the education space, Etc. but in generally like our larger vision at verbi that it's really to be able to bring value to our customer from their verbal information and I remember when I had um, you know to to invent a name to to the company I'm gonna establish, you know this was what came to my mind, you know like, it, verbal, you know, uh, to 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 make it as, as a verb, right? Like verb, it's like how we can bring a value from verbal information. So in general, I, I totally agree with the, the direction that, uh, you know, DeepGram and VentureBeat kind of thinking about because, you know, we, we see the same. I don't know if the exact number that they, they gave is the, the, the right one, but uh, generally this is the trend and, and I fully agree with that
0: yeah no complete agreement and um and i really hadn't thought about you you have a great name um it's uh you you should be proud of that it's uh you know you hear um all three companies on here have good names it's like you you hear so many plays off the word voice it's like if you go into our i'm sure if you go into like my outlook or whatever like there's a solid ten percent of companies would like voice in the name or something, but uh, no, that's in your your overall comments on the article were were great as well, Jen. I want to turn to you and ask the same thing. Um, when you see this report, you see what Deepgram and Opus Research are doing. Your thoughts?
1: Um, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm really excited to that we've got some sort of some new insights there, and actually that um, there's definitely sort of a, a not only a broader market shift to seeing the value in voice actually from a commercial standpoint, and moving away from actually it being only a um, a, a savings mechanism although I still think that's a, there's a there's a huge amount of value there it's not necessarily always the sexiest case study there but I think actually it's it that is a, it's something of huge uh, potential value for um, companies um, but also that actually like to, to really be trying to go after the opportunities to create income and to create revenue I think that's really exciting I mean we've just been talking about uh, voice search a little bit before. Uh, that's only going to grow and grow and grow. Uh, there's really just only one trajectory for it. And, um, you know, we. Uh, we have a a big survey um, sort of report, uh, the voice consumer index that comes out every year. And in the last piece of data that we had, 91% of voice users um, are already using search. Like basically if you use voice, you use it to search. And it is inevitable looking at those numbers that that is going to lead to revenue somewhere. You know, voice um, typically does actually, it's taken a while to settle down, but now we can see the patterns that it really does actually match to the sort of traditional marketing funnel. Really, uh, quite remarkably so. Um, so it's we just know consumer behaviours, um, and I think as people are getting more and more used to sort of asking, researching, finding, and then that is becoming purchasing. Um, I liken it quite a lot to when purchasing on mobile came out, and you know everyone kind of said i will never catch on. I was one of those people. I swore I would never use my mobile phone to like tap pay for something, and now I never take my cards anywhere. Uh, again it's that convenience thing I think that will definitely will definitely be that tipping point um so yeah so I agree it was great to see the article thanks for sending it Bradley I hadn't actually spotted it so that was great some great stats in there
0: we aim to please we aim to please uh, yeah, <laughs> and also
1: naming is really hard I just want to say as well finding a name for a guy John, I was with you at the beginning. Finding a name for a company is incredibly hard, especially if you don't want to say voice and you want to keep your vowels, oh. <laughs> which was the only two things. I'll tell the story of why Vixen's still fiction another day. But yeah, that's uh, it is hard.
0: <laughs> it's only going to get harder with all uh, a lot of new folks, a lot of new faces coming into this space. Uh, John, I'm going to turn to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, same question. Uh, interesting report from uh, our friends at DeepGram and Opus. Uh, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think it was it's just great to see all these reports showing that there's such a breadth and depth of what you can do with voice technology and maybe four or five years ago brands would have just been thinking of it's just about smart speakers or it's just about you know maybe giving you know my staff you know some voice recognition to make things easier but now you know any you know when we talk to most companies now we can think of you know four or five different ways that they can use voice technology and it's not necessarily always going to be for the the kind of the end consumer it can be internal it can be for for, for staff and so reports like this just show that um, you know businesses need to think beyond those initial use cases and um, i thought it was quite interesting like the headline was around about uh the 62 percent of um we're using it for revenue but there was more i think on that list there was there's was kind of um even more kind of use cases so you know new business improving efficiency etc um um uh, but yeah overall it's great to see uh, you know more companies thinking about um using it and i think there's also some good stats in there in terms of um uh kind of uh when people are going to be investing and it's kind of like it's out- outpacing at this moment so basically yeah um, a lot of companies are, uh, you know, in the next 12 months, you know, uh, uh, increasing their budgets to voice technology, which is, which is really good to see. Obviously, most businesses have been impacted by the, the pandemic. Um, and I know coming out of the pandemic and, and especially here in the UK with, with Brexit, we've got a big change in the workforce. And we've seen now uh, an increasing kind of living costs uh, an increasing um, uh, um, average wages. And, and as a result of that, we've lost a lot of workforce. And so therefore, can voice technology, you know, be help used to, uh, you know, the staff that are remaining here? Can we use voice technology for efficiency? Or if we don't have staff anymore, and we've got less staff, can we use voice technology to maybe, um, you know, take up some of the slack? So um, it's good to see that companies are turning towards, you know, not just Alexa and, and Google, but all the different types of technology and voice to be to utilize in this uh, as we're coming out of the, the pandemic and maybe into a financial <laughs> bit of problems in the uk but that's another discussion for another day
0: yeah no that's great um we are going to link to the report um in the show notes um on youtube and and uh in the podcast as well um for the report that was put out and um you know it it's not rocket science for anybody listening to this it's you know voice is just going to continue to come into the fore conversational ai and it's just interesting to think about you know the pan, how, how much the pandemic accelerated that and you know for normal people maybe you didn't get it maybe you looked at alexa and said what is that why do i need that and then you got in the elevator with those grimy buttons and uh you thought wow i wish i could say floor three, rather than touch that thing. And then all of a sudden you understood. So, you know, among many other use cases. So yeah, the time, the timing is good. And that's really the bottom line for the piece. And uh, it was really well put together. We're going to go to the final story here. And I'm going to read this. This is also from The Verge. Amazon's new Super Bowl ad features a creepy mind reading Alexa. Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost have a home that's a little too smart. Um, so <laughs> this uh this article uh so we have the Super Bowl Sunday, and um, you know, I, I get that y'all overseas call football something it's not. Uh, we here we use precise terms uh for sports and we call football what it is. We had the Super Bowl on Sunday, um <clears throat> and uh Amazon, as is noted in this piece, uh, is now in a tradition of sorts of having an ad. Um, Most of the time, if not every time, orbiting Alexa and with Alexa front and center um, on the Super Bowl and and paying to do that. Um, Jen, I want to start with you um, and then uh, uh, John and then Tom, I'll give you the last word. Um, You know, any sort of general comment on Amazon, I know we talked about them a little bit over the show, but... um, you know, the media clearly cannot help themselves. They can't, they just can't say anything mm-hmm. positive about Amazon, they just can't. It's just not gonna happen. Um, should th- Should this be a positive news story or not? I think we can start there. Is it a positive news story or not that Amazon's having this ad? Is it a positive news story or not? The content of the ad and any other takeaways that you have?
1: Oh, I mean, as a creative uh, you know if I kind of put my former life hat on I, I think it's a really fun ad and it's really entertaining and it's great and it and it has sort of a an originality and a quirkiness that you want to see in a Super Bowl ad right someone who works in voice I'm like can you stop making my life harder please don't make a lecture out to be any creepier than people already think she is please don't make out that it's gonna you know the kind of the the AI hellscape that some people seem to think that we're hurtling towards is now going to include mind reading like I just don't really need that in my sort of weekly client calls um so uh, jokes aside uh I you know it's a fun ad that's great that's nice I hope everyone takes it with a pinch of salt and realize that it's meant to be a fun jokey ad um uh, it would be great if Amazon could poke fun at things like this, but then also a- address uh, some of the issues about privacy a bit more head on. Uh, so yeah, going, so looping back almost to uh, the first story as well.
0: Interesting. Okay. So no, that's, that's, that's good. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you for the most part. I think that um, uh Amazon's in a tough spot because I think anything that they do will be viewed with the deepest of cynicism. Um, but, um, you know, they keep trying. So it's interesting. It's, 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 it's actually kind of fascinating, but no, I, I, um,
1: that's true. uh, Maybe they're in a no win position. So they, they don't say anything. Um, yeah, that (laughs) maybe that's true.
0: and, And you touch on an interesting point too, which is that whether an ad like this moves the industry forward or, not and I think that's interesting just to ponder I don't know well you know I guess we'll all learn the answer together uh, after it airs Um, John I want to ask you the same question Um, is this a good news story or not uh, for whatever reason and any other takeaways you have
3: yeah um, first of all commenting on football I mean it's it's football you you kick the ball with your foot so I think we're in the UK we've got it right whereas Uh, totally
1: John I'm backing
3: it's up all the way. Ground. Keep going. Okay. Um, yeah, I think this one, it, it frustrates me because, uh, and we had this discussion last week on the, uh, a voice lunch event in the UK and there are so many films coming out at the moment which have this idea of in the future, of, um, you know, dystopian future where, you know, there's a robot or a voice persona and it's just kind of, this is f- further adding fuel to the story. And um, have a look for the, the trailer for Kimmy which is um, a, a, a movie coming out, which is where relating back to our first story, it's um, an analyst who's listening to voice recordings, hears a murder. And it's like, okay, we don't need more of this in, this, in our industry. And um, my, my view is obviously, as Jen was saying, it's got to be kind of, you know, it's an expensive slot. So they're going to use it for entertainment, the pain, you know, Scarlett Johansson. So they need to have it, you know, be funny and memorable and stuff like that. But, um, Ideally, from a from a uh, a voice kind of industry point of view, it'd be great if it could do two sides of things. So it could be entertaining, but at the same time educate users on, uh, you know, a feature that can be used. I know that's a difficult uh, request from a, maybe from a creative standpoint, because in the article it's talking about hunches, which is a feature of Alexa. I'm sure if you ask, um, you know, majority of Alexa users what are hunches, how do you enable them, what are they are, they won't know. So it'd be great if these adverts in the future could, um, you know, hit the point from a creative and a fun point of view, but also at the same time, because they're going to be so seen by so many millions of people, educate people on, you know, features like routines or hunches or something like that. Um, but yeah, for me. It's uh, this does not help. Um, and yeah, we'll probably get some questions about oh, how do we enable that mode where Alex will automatically, like, no, that wasn't real. Did you not get the dream sequence in the advert? Um, but uh, uh, yeah, and I don't know if uh, Google will be doing any other ones. And it'd be interesting to see if there's any other brands in that segment use. A voice assistant of their own as a as a kind of uh, taking the mickey out of that we've had them in the uk where we had like a sports brand had their own version of uh, alexa using a, a sports personality it was like um hey harry and so that's quite often we see those types of adverts it'd be interesting to see if anybody else in the super bowl does something similar using uh, voice
0: in in the, the story you know that's uh that's a good comment as well i mean it's it's interesting to me, just as an observer, to see what Amazon does and does not promote. So this hunches thing is super difficult for to, to explain. And I guess this is probably you know I would have liked to sat in on the meetings, on top of meetings, on top of meetings that Amazon had internally on this because it it um, it's a hard concept. Like it's it's we're going to um, be listening to you more or maybe the same, maybe a little bit more, whatever it is. And we're going to be parsing that more and and coming up with richer context on you so that, you know, we can uh, be a little bit more predictive and a little bit more proactive and a little bit more moving toward where all of this is eventually going um, with, with AI in general um, to where it's not all reactive and, you know, and all of that. Um, So, you know, it's interesting that they would uh, try to promote this, but then, you know, they don't, at all promote what I think is one of the number one use cases, at least for the Echo Show, which is Alexa, what am I holding? You know, um, and I talk about this all the time. Um, if I'm holding an, an object with a barcode, there's a barcode on this somewhere. You know, I, I go up to a Alexa devices with a screen. I say, Alexa, what am I holding? And it'll say, if you have a barcode, it'll scan it and tell you if it knows. If it, if, you, if it doesn't, it'll try to scan it and machine learning style tell you. Either way, it's well documented that that's a transformative and absolutely drop dead essential feature for a, a healthy subset of the population with vision impairment. And it's like, you know, I they haven't advertised that at all. And and um, and that's just one example. I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole, but it's just super interesting to see what they do and do not deem worthy to promote. And Tom, I'm going to go to you um, with the last word on this. Um is this a good news story or not in your mind and, uh, your comments, uh, anything else you took away from the piece? Yeah, sure.
2: So, so first of all, I have to admit that here in, in Israel, we don't really follow the, the football. So I just heard it uh, for the first time, uh, uh, from you. And I was thinking, uh, as you said, uh, so, so for me, it, you know, first of all, I really want to see that it actually works, right? So I, I, I have, uh, doubts that, uh, you know, it's actually, if I uh, understood correctly, it could read your minds, right? This is what you said, right? So uh, I'm very skeptical about how it could really work. But if I'm thinking about from the Amazon perspective, right, so their goal with these ads is to get the, the, you know, your curiosity, etc. And when you said it, okay, now I'm curious to really check it out, see... How it works, etc., and then you know this is how they they measure the ROI of it. And I, I guess that uh, most of the people will react with curiosity, like me, to see oh, would it actually going to work or not? And this is eventually what they wanted to achieve, in my point of view.
0: No, you're you're right. I mean, they, um, you know, they this will be successful in getting people talking. I think this is plenty some initial evidence, um, and um, you know, and they've what I think what is in their favor is they've got, you know, I don't remember the exact number from the article, seven years of uh, seven years running of doing a Super Bowl ad. So, you know, uh, we can give them some benefit of the doubt that, you know, that the marketing team knows what does and does not work or that they at least have some data on what they think works or doesn't work. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that, that point's well taken. And uh, we'll forget about what you said about not knowing about football. We'll just overlook that. Uh, conveniently. Um, but uh, folks, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Jen, John, uh, Tom, thanks for uh, being part of the show. Ta- thanks for taking the time to share not just your uh, experience and expertise with me, but with the audience as well. Thanks for having Thank us. Appreciate all of y'all. And so for This Week in Voice, season six, episode seven. Thank you for listening on your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for watching. If you're watching us on YouTube, until next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: I gotta get my mouse down there.